All right, and welcome back to Please Like Us. Hi, y'all. Oh, my God. We're back after a brief hiatus. Um, we left because Reagan's life went to shit for a little while because uh, that's uh, that's a thing. Mercury and Ophelia is just lazy in general, so it's fine. The time <laughs> off was much needed and enjoyed. It was like a hailstorm of bullshit. And then my car was like, oh, guess what? Me too. And it was like $2,200, sir. <laughs> Fuck me. Why? Ugh. But anyway, so we're back. We're going to be doing this fun new feature, which is going to be uh, eight performer spotlights throughout the summer over the course of the next eight weeks. Um, who are we getting? It's mystery. It's a mystery, but this person's very fun to perform with and also is a big stoner. Yeah. Before we started recording, they asked if they could roll a blunt. And I was like, honey. Oh, my God. Yes. I think at least half of our interviews, maybe more, like usually start off smoking. Oh, my God, Reagan. Remember that one episode you and I both just like at the end, you had to cut so much because we were both so drunk. <laughs> The drags. Yeah. I think it was a story. It's the second one, whatever. There was and I realized I that we, yeah. <laughs> well, you get wasted off of like one pounder of Mike's hard lemonade. So <laughs> not that you've ever drank that, but. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, this is going to be a fun little thing. It's going to be like little half hour interviews. You're going to get a taste of this personality and all the goodness. And then you're going to find out where to see them soon. Tried to pick a lot of people that you're going to be seeing in the upcoming weeks. And yeah. Oh, we should introduce ourselves. Alrighty. Hi, I'm Ophelia Johnson. I'm happy to be back. And also much like, much like a colostomy bag, I'm full of shit. So hello. Hi, I'm Reagan. Um, we're dropping white because it's just time to let that go. It's always been boring. I've had this name for a decade. It's not working out. Let's do something else. Alrighty, so today I'm introducing myself as Simply Reagan, just like Cher, which I actually like the idea, but I know that there's going to be 30 like older drag queens that are going to be like, Raven, there's already a Raven. <laughs> Why not add Simply as your first name? Be Simply Reagan. Because I'm not low fat. That's for sure. Especially ah! post-COVID, sis. Look at these cheeks. They are so full. Oh, my God. It's all that five guys this weekend. All righty. You got an orgy? <laughs> oh. Hey, it's definitely five guys that fill my cheeks, so I feel you on that weekend, girl. All righty. Let's oh. intro our fabulous performer this week. Oh. Hello, hello. I am Arabella Ladesi or Arabella the Goddess, or if you know any better, I am Arabella Rala Sekmet Bastet Shiva Hathor Gabor Dior Ladesi. All hail. All hail. I am your New England queen. I perform all over the New England states. I am um, New Hampshire's only reigning Black queen, as far as I know. And if you know any more, please send them my way. Send them out of the woodwork because I can't find any in these trees, girl. Um, <laughs> And what else? Portland, Maine's Princess. I'm Boston Drag Idol 2019. And I have been doing drag for like two years and a decade. Ooh. The resume. Or, the resume years. just keeps going. I meant two years in a pandemic. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I get it now. <laughs> right. I'm kind of like basically like I'm just sticking with four and then we're not counting like three um, digital drag things and then also a podcast. Right. <laughs> 
digital drag was just one of the like not to say the worst thing because it was like it got your creativity out the amount of time you would spend to do all of that to then make five dollars was not worth it yeah I mean so I felt like it was like a good restart a good humbling moment for me especially because I feel like when I started drag um in like 2018 I was so quick to be everywhere and try to do everything and try to get as known as quickly as I could that when digital drag kind of immersed pandemic that I had to restart my platform which was good because like you said I had to explore different creative sides of myself to really maintain that kind of performer status that I held myself to yeah but you'll always be booked and blessed come on look at that (laughs) schedule you already posted I was like she is she's in it she's in it to win it thank you she is winning she needs to make the dollars and the rent well, I mean, you've just always had just a pretty amazing savviness about knowing, like, how to network and how to, like, you know, get your foot in the door. And I think that a lot of performers could take notes from you because obviously um, one of the biggest complaints performers have is I can't get booked anywhere. Right. So honestly, I think that it was Robin from Human Resources that gave me, like, I think the best advice, which is, you know, if you want the gig, people have to like you. And I think especially when I was starting drag, I was coming from a really politically, uh, racially charged, aggressive place. And so drag was meant to be that real escape from a reality, which in a sense, more or less kind of amped the radicalness of my reality um, and gave me more of a platform to speak on that, like racial divide, that political aggression. But drag also gave me a filter to Um, first off process that and understand that not everybody is here to be lectured and talked at and um, just because I deem people as friendly or my friends that doesn't mean that they are also willing or or even worthy to be lectured and on like the the issues at hand there so Robin telling me that advice like make sure you know if you want the gig make sure that people like you kind of put me in a place of reminding me to be personable reminding me that like there's more than my feelings at hand even in my most politically aggravated places that's very good advice hey yeah get it robin shout out to you uh (laughs) something i wanted to touch on about what you just said uh it's like be personable when you're out on the floor but go backstage and talk the most amount of shit about anybody you want because like seriously On the floor, we're all like, hi, friendly. And then backstage, it's like, did you see that drunk motherfucker try to just like do all this crazy stuff? I think my favorite thing is you always see like a performer after they said like their 100 thank you. And you can just, you can tell it's thank you. Thank you. Okay, yes, thank you. And you just see like the thank you just getting more and more aggravated. And you can, and you're just like, oh, I know that feeling. And I'm going to go in the back room because I can't wait to hear everything that annoyed this performer and all the compliments that they just got. Oh, I, oh my God. I always turn into like Brie Vandekamp from Desperate Housewives where I'm just like really like the more just like I want to leave the more high pitched like, thank you. Right. Thank you. Why do all of the, like, why do all of the shows have the meet and greet at the end when you're the sweatiest? Right. When I'm like, I smell like a bee. Hug me. Yeah. That um, what was it? That show that we do down in um, eh, 
Wasn't it your oh, show? Oh, yes. I just, I really haven't slept much. And then I did this straight after work. Oh, the NASA on theater one. That one. Because <laughs> yeah. everyone wants the group pictures with everyone afterwards. And holy shit, trying to corral everyone once they're like, kind of like trying to like exit. I'm just like, just all eight of us, please get back together for just like 10 minutes. But it's always, you like, know what? Here. And they serve booze speaking there. Of, so like, speaking from experience um, as a performer that has worked for you in that show. I can definitely tell you that when the end of the show is coming, I'm definitely trying to hide behind a coat rack so I don't have to touch anybody with my sweaty body. (laughs) (laughs) When someone hugs you and pats you on the back and presses your costume into your sweat and you're like, thank you. And then they comment on it. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, of course. (laughs) Oh, Arabelle, I want to touch on this before we get too past too far past from introductions where did your name originally come from my name okay so my name uh came in a couple parts which was ladesi first um which is a french word for or a french variant the french words for the goddess are le dies and i just i knew that i wanted something divine and i knew i wanted something feminine because originally when i started drag I, I was still holding on to a lot of masculinity. So I was just like, you know what? Something has to be feminine in that for me to be completely immersive in this experience for a, a drag queen, especially. So I, I made sure that if anything, it was going to be the goddess. So with that being said, my first name, I knew that if I had to pick my first name, that to this day, two years and a pandemic later, I still probably would not have a first name. Um, so I asked my best friend, uh, her name is Tammy. And I said, Give me a name. The only thing I ask of you is that the name has to have the letters R and A. That's it. And she said right away, Arabella. I said, perfect. There it is. It's Arabella. Mm. Later on, you know, just kind of as I got comfortable, you know, I, I am very, I think, affluent or not affluent. I think I'm very like prominent in mythology and theology. I was a ra- I was raised Catholic and I mean like so Catholic to a point that I can probably still speak Latin if you need me to. So working <laughs> a lot of those things that I need to kind of break away from um, was immersing myself in a lot of like religion and theology. That was my courses in college was a lot of religions, uh, religious things. So I, I was like, what, what is something that they all have in common? And it was that deities have names. They have over a hundred and where I'm also Kenyan, um, there is a whole 10 is not a good number. It's an unlucky number. So I have nine names and the 10th one is a secret because that's part of a, a, a background of a cultural connection that I'm just kind of holding on to. So Arabella, Rala, Sekhmet, Bastet, Shiva, Hathor, Gabor, Dior, Ledesi. And those are the names oh, wait. that make me as a performer. One sec. Um, if you ask me and you see me in person. Arabella. Am I lost? Uh, yeah. It's just, it's a lagging yes. really hard. Okay, hold on one second. I should be fine. Going back to my spot. <laughs> How about now? Are we good? Back in action? You sound very clear. So yes, hopefully. Yes. Yeah. Okay, testing one, two, three. Boost Mobile, where you at? Here we are. <laughs> That's staying in, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, where was, what was I just saying? House names. names. You were talking House about names. the last story. Oh, yeah. Yep. Right, so... I think that my most prominent um, performing stance has kind of come from it has come from Maine. I mean, I got a title from Boston and I'm so, so grateful for everything that Boston has taught me in the community that has showed me in the alternativeness that it has produced in my drag. 
but my family names and my family performances have come from Maine. And so with that being said, when you look at my drag now is that you see my chest hair, which Gabor tradition is nature's contour. And if you know anything about Portland, Maine, especially is that, you know, Danielle Dior, who is a significant um, trans woman, mother and queen of our queer scene here up in Portland, Maine. And so I always say the chest is Gabor, the legs are Dior and everything is the goddess. So. Oh, <laughs> that I is, like that. That I is so good. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh God, that's, wow. Yes. <laughs> you, I do what I can. Just Why did we do the work. best interview first? Like, I, I know, right? <laughs> Um, yeah, the other names are just a range of goddesses and one god. I did Shiva's the only god out of that selection that I picked, and he's the god of destruction. Unless you're playing Final Fantasy. Unless you're playing Final <laughs> Fantasy. Is Shiva's a, a, a blue woman in Final Fantasy for some reason? I also think that Shiva's in Mortal Kombat as a four-armed woman, which I'm really not mad. I could, you know what, if I was wrong about any god, I guess let it be Shiva, because that's the farthest one out there but I knew that it was involved in destruction and she ain't all peace so something had to relate well I think I, I like the fact that you have a god in your in your repertoire of names because it just shows the like drag juxtaposition where yes here are all of these nine names but one of them is still a little bit masculine because at the end of the day underneath like right we are who we are mm. we are who we are and that energy, you know, an energy flows kind of between all of us, even Ra. So the Ra La in my name was when I first started drag, it was Ra Ladesi and Bianca York of New Hampshire. When I first started performing for her, she she called me by my Instagram handle. So she kept saying Ra Ladeth, Ra Ladeth. And she kept saying Ra La, Ra La, like as if my name was Ra La, which it was, it was funny. So and it was Ra was chosen from the sun god. And so she, when she made that mistake, it was more like taking something that I was trying to keep very, very masculine, um, especially like, as I mentioned, coming into my drag, I really wanted to hold on to that masculinity being kind of as, I guess, ignorant as I was for lack of a better term. So that raw was like a stamp. I'm still a, I'm still a man, quote unquote, and I'm still very masculine. And just because I do these things does not mean I'm going to be one of those kind of gays, air quote unquote. Um, and so when she was calling me Rala, it just instantly added a femininity to it with the law. And so when I did add these other names, there was no way I could deny the Rala part of it because it did make something significant happen, which was add in that femininity that I needed. Mm. Can't escape. <laughs> Can't escape. Uh, so let's, let's go on to another question for you. What's your performance? What is your performing style? or identity, like genres, like uh, humor, dance, you know, what, what do you um, think, what is your drag style? So I think just like aesthetic wise, I play very much on my thin body and how tall I am. I think I think of a lot of, a lot of the just very basic, like Naomi Campbell, Naomi Smalls, um, Tyra Banks kind of aesthetics, where it's just you know, walking around in the sparkly napkins, as my friend calls them, and sparkly hoping for the best. Napkins, yes. <laughs> Girl, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna say that might be the that might be the name of your episode. Yeah. So. <laughs> sparkly napkins. Yeah. So I, I mean, that's I would put them on. You know, sequins, all the dresses that I could. 
Um, they don't have to be designer, but I would like to everything to look as close to designer. And I think that was, you know, that was for more or less the aesthetic. And that was for a walk around aesthetic. When it came to the performance itself is that I really tried to um, encapsulate a lot. And I honestly, I can, I can credit uh, both you and Reagan for this uh, in the aspect of trying to like incorporate comedy into my drag, even as like when I'm trying to be very beautiful is um, what was, what was the word Reagan production value? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so I guess a little backstory for the audience. Um, Auntie Reagan and I, we were doing a show together and with, with all of her due respect, she was trying to just tell me to, you know, be conscious of my performance and make sure that I'm always giving my all. And she, she well, I don't remember the words exactly. So I guess for lack of memory, it was like, you're lacking production value. And I, in my young queen state, was very offended. Um, but Reagan, Auntie Reagan, was just so tactful in explaining what she meant to me and having me just understand that there, there's a different method for performances and that I was used to performing in clubs and bars and she was offering me a stage. And so with the stage, it, it came a different idea of performing. And I'm grateful for that critique and that advice. And um, like, as I mentioned, going back to your question, just that comedy is that I, I do credit like, you know, your performances, Ophelia, because I think that you, you are rooted in comedy for a lot of the things that I know you as. And um, I, I love that about you because it, it, show, it showed me that first off that you can be very beautiful while you do it and you don't have to be very beautiful while you do it. And the same thing with you, Reagan, it showed me that comedy can be tactful. Comedy can be references. It can be just like context like not like even if it's not the direct like hard laughter it's that good feeling of nostalgia that you bring a lot in your numbers that I really really appreciate so I, I can credit that um to both of you in the sense of where I try to get my comedy from and Lady Red Couture. Uh, Lady Red Couture was the first uh, black queen that I really idolized in the sense of let comedy be the reason I'm able to express the things that are frustrating me and so I go ahead Oh, it was just, I just wanted to say, I still think about you performing emotion down at that uh, Rollinsford or Stalin, whatever, the, yeah. that thing. I think about, I just kind of, sorry, I'll just say it really quick, but I just think about you performing emotion because like, it was just like, it, it's such like, it's kind of a big area. It was kind of like a dark, like around the stage, but it was such a big area to occupy and to really like have to like try and, you know, be a personality. In it. And I would say like, I watched like, the second half in, in its entirety. And like some people didn't fill up the entire room, but I, I don't know how to say it properly, but you just like, you filled up the entire room. It was just like star power. Like, I don't think I've seen very often. Like, actually. What's for a big love fest is this? Oh, I didn't know. sign up for this. It was <laughs> magical. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember you saying that to me, too. And it was, you know, and I think um, it, it wasn't a comment that was made from you, but there was a comment made before about my performing just being like a skinny queen with a bunch of death drops, which I, I don't care. I know I am a skinny queen and I definitely do use death drops. And as and I think you said it perfectly, it was like they're, they're stamps, they're punctuation point or punctuation points at the end of my sentence. And I use them very tactfully. So. Like I said, I, you know, I, I credit a lot of 
a lot of things. I don't even think you have to realize it. Like I do, I credit a lot of things to what you have told me and what you have said and just watching you, you perform. And that was kind of also where I, I get that main family performance aesthetic from. I think outwardly, you know, I've been able to do more hosting, which has been great. That's been um, more or less what kind of ended my performance years when the pandemic picked up was my hosting. And I didn't realize that I was funny on my own. <laughs> and then, um, I don't know, I say a couple of things and the audience is laughing and I thought it was a really powerful moment. And so I started to look a little bit deeper into what I wanted that comedy to be and how I wanted that story to be told or if there was a story to be told. Excuse me for one moment. I need to turn that off. <laughs> oh, I was like, what is playing? <laughs> and uh, just so all you folks know, we did not pay her to say these nice things about us. But <laughs> hey, I'm here for it. I'm so sorry about that. Oh, okay. all good. Um, so. Oh, sorry. Yes, hosting. Um, I thought about if what I wanted that story to be and if there was a story to be told. And so I started looking at... Um, not exactly comedians, um, but like the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Tyler Perry, Taraji P. Henson, people that were just, just had to be funny to survive. Um, and I mean, I say the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, I, I'm not really sure what struggle that actress herself had to go through, but you know, if you have seen anything about marvelous Mrs. Maisel, she's a, a Jewish woman going through a divorce in the 1950s, um, who then becomes a comedian in that same time era. And it could be the 40s, so don't like crucify me on that one. But she, either way, she has to go through that struggle and through her kind of turmoil, she lands a stage, this, like a stage and a platform and it grows. And it's really just her telling her story on how her life is progressing. And I thought that that was really significant because that's a, that's a lot of the comedy I think that is subtly in my family when I think about my aunts and the women especially is that some of the things I love about them is first off is that they're so funny but when I think about their stories is that they're so real and Taraji P. Henson is the same way as just her presence you know as soon as you see her you want to smile and it's the moment she starts talking is that you're laughing and Tyler Perry is the same way and, and it, to me in an even bigger sense because of how much struggle that they have had to go through in their life fully to understand what comedy is and to what it means to make people laugh. So those are people that I kind of use for my comedy. And I mentioned my aesthetic. I, I think those are kind of what encapsulates me as a performer is just trying to be all around beautiful and funny and scary when I can. Halloween. I'm a basic. <laughs> the month oh, of October. <laughs> whenever you wear those contacts, it is just like striking, especially with like your strong features. Just like, oh, it's, it's very good. Thank you. Thank you so much. God's work. <laughs> uh, Reagan, do you want to introduce our next little segment? Yes. All righty. Our next one is rapid fire questions. All right. Being Ophelia. Yeah, okay. Let me, let me hit this. Let me hit okay. this real quick. I'm ready. <laughs> she got to focus. She got to focus. <laughs> okay. Reagan, let's do one, then the other. Like you'll go first and then I'll read the next one. Okay. Perfect. Alrighty. First one, Zodiac sign. Leo. Wait, Leo sun, Libra moon, Virgo rising. You know what? That makes of course so she much knows sense all of now. <laughs> that makes so much sense now. Favorite movie. 
Beaver Vendetta or um, Labyrinthino Delfano, Pan's Labyrinth? Oh. Huh. Oh, I'm excited to answer, ask this one a bunch. Worst movie. The worst movie? Oh my God. Um, I literally cannot even. Oh, um, The Quiet Place 2. Oh, I don't know if you've seen really? the second one. I don't know if you've seen the first one. It's great. It really, if you just want to, if you want to watch the second one, watch the first one over. Oh, that activated me. Oh, or Cinderella when they took the mice out, the mice not talking. Oh yeah, right on the shit list. Hold on, now. Oh, the live action one. Yeah, the Avatar movie, the live action one, the Avatar: The Last Airbender movie. When they live action that shit, shit list. I That's probably top three. Okay, let me stop. <laughs> so okay, I'm glad you didn't watch. It. Save yourself. Rapid fire, rapid fire. Uh, favorite book. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, like the whole saga of them. Love that. And if it wasn't that, then it's uh, Good Omens by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite video game? It's Oh, um, Heavenly Sword, Soul Calibur, Mortal Kombat. Oh, Soul Calibur. I don't know what any of that means. Uh, <laughs> favorite drag performer can be local or famous. Oh... Wow, I know it's supposed to be rapid fire. That is so hard. <laughs> oh, that is so hard. I'm like, I'm like, what do I say? Oh God. Ugh. Me? <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, hey, you can love uh, yourself. I do love myself for myself at the top. I this is that is such a hard question. Um Violencia exclamation point is ringing in my head. Neon Clips is another one that's like right there. Love watching them. Harlow Havoc from Rhode Island. Oh my God, she makes me scream every time. Um, they are such an amazing performer. Holy shit! Right, right. Gigi. I mean, Gigi Gabor. I love like all the non-binary performances. I like you know just the energy that they radiate, which is always love yourself and have fun. Um, I'm trying to think. Mike Hawk. Mike Hawk is an amazing drag king. Oh my God, idol, icon, everything performer, drag king. Okay, let me stop there. If you uh, got missed in that list, I'm sorry if you're listening to this episode and you got missed. I love it. It was like I, Arabella I does do. love you. I, lo- I was do. Like, I love you all. It was like an award show speech where like the actress gets up on the stage. She's like, oh, and uh, Stephen King and uh, oh, oh, uh, uh, George Ladd. What if we slowly <laughs> started playing some background music just getting louder and louder? <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, is it me? I think mm-hmm. so. Last TV show you watched. Oh, Bad Girls Club. Is that what just came on while you were interviewing? <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> what is your most embarrassing drag story? What's the most embarrassing thing that's happened to you in drag? Oh my God. So I was wearing this like um, Pink Panther, like old Italian, like mafia, mafia power woman outfit, and, uh, like pink stripes. And it was tight, tight, tight. And I knew it was tight, but for whatever reason, um, cause I thought I could like bend the laws of gravity and reality. <laughs> I decided to do a squat in these pants and I was performing to Doja's cat. Um, what's that song? Play my pussy, but don't play up my emotion. Uh, it was a Doja cat song. Somebody will know it, they'll comment it. I'm sure of it. But either way I was performing to it. And when I dropped down and I was like, play up my pussy, but don't play up my emotion. My pants ripped. <laughs> Like, like fully, like the all best the way time down. in the song too. 
<laughs> like right in the middle of it. Like I was supposed to really get into it. So I, I didn't know what to do. Um, and then I grabbed the mic and I, I did the rest of it live. I told everyone, I was like, I just ripped my pants. Um, so here we are. We're just going to have a good time. And I was in boxers. So like I was like the way I was tucked is that I was using like I was rolling up my boxers because I forgot like tape and like tucking supplies and all the things of that sort. So I was monster mashing Supreme. So when it ripped, it was like it was down and out. I was like, we're just going to have fun. I need to hold up these pants. I was doing like <laughs> like the low rider walk. It was crazy. But we did the rest of it live. And, and then I sang when I ripped my pants by SpongeBob after. Uh, <laughs> I thought that I had everybody on my side. The Monster Mash, iconic. Like, come <laughs> on. I only ever Monster Mash. All these Capizios, they're doing the work. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was your first drag performance like? And what song was it to? Um, my first drag performance was to was with Raya Sunshine in 2018 for Portsmouth Pride. It was to the song Fashion. And it was okay. It, I think it was good because it was a lot of energy for as new as I was as a performer. And I still took the chance to death drop. I totally just hit the ground like a sack of rocks. But you know what? She tried it, she learned, she improved, and the crowd clapped. The transition was not as nice either. I definitely rolled over like a grandma who got hit by a car and got up and almost tripped over my dress again, but with grace. <laughs> with grace. Kind of. <laughs> okay. Uh, Arabella, recommend us something, literally anything, a TV show, a beauty product, a podcast, anything. Um, I recommend weed. Go smoke a blunt. You probably need it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, let me see. What can I recommend? Don't be what kidding. Can... Don't be kidding. It's legal in Maine. <laughs> it, it's, yeah. I recommend. Rec- I recommend going to restaurants that you do not know. I recommend trying food that are, is from different cultures and. If you are going to a restaurant that you are familiar with, pick the thing on the menu that is going to make you uncomfortable. Order it with something that will that you can eat afterwards in case you don't like it, but try new things. Like, I think that's really important. I think that's something that drag taught me, especially. Um, there were a lot of things that I was, I was really picky about as an eater. And I know it's crazy to be like, how does drag relate to eating? But truly, if it wasn't for drag and the uh, ability and the privilege that it gave me to travel, even just to New York, um, I wouldn't have tried new things. And being in New York, especially, it was my, my, I would go to New York. My cousin would say, you need to explore and kick me out of our house from like sunrise until like 3 p.m. when I need to get ready for the show coming up. And I would just have to navigate and figure things out. And that was what I would do is just go around and try different food. Like what else can I do? Go to a restaurant, eat food, and then go sit outside and see something scenic. Be new. Like there are new things everywhere. I just recently went to a new spot in my hometown that I grew up in for like 20 years. And I was like, where did this place come from? It wasn't great there food, the whole but at least time. I tried it. Mm. Yeah. Yes. And very that. Dine alone. Dine alone while you do it. Like sometimes it's afraid. harder to make those choices when you're with people. Right. And like, that's the thing too, is sometimes there's a little rush to it. They're like, are you waiting for somebody? And you're like, no, I'm independent. <laughs> yes. 
Who are you waiting for, sis? You're waiting on me. Give me my water. (laughs) Right. I have a question I want to ask you specifically. As a drag queen who travels quite a bit, what's your craziest drag-related travel story? Oh, oh God. I mean, there have been a few times that I have had to come in from New York after a show to make it to New Hampshire or Maine um, for a show just so I can make it back down to Boston to wake up the next day and have to go to Rhode Island. And I feel like those are pretty crazy days. I think one of my most, my craziest traveling stories actually um, was just very, very recently was a, a show that I had um, up in Manchester with Monique Too Soon, where uh, my drag was locked away at my friend's house and they ended up having um, a medical issue, which I was not at the house for that moment. So I couldn't get back into the house. And I fully had to show up to Monique show um, without any of my makeup, any of my wigs, like none of my drag. And like that, I mean, that, I, that's, I think a part of traveling cause I, I don't like driving. So that's another thing that I feel like I should add with my traveling specifically is I don't like driving. I get really tired um, behind the wheel. It's just not a place that I'm comfortable and I'm not gonna stress myself out for anyone. And especially where I don't like, not just myself but I also don't trust other drivers and that makes me really, really anxious. So I haven't driven since 2018 and my last goodbye with a, my, a car was a Jeep that literally exploded in the middle of the highway. So <laughs> peace out to that. <laughs> uh, that was God's work as well. He said, put down the wheel, sis, start walking. And he was not there to take the wheel. <laughs> not there to take the wheel. And so here I was, goddess as I am, said, I will never be stuck with these mortal contraptions again. And um, yeah, so I don't, I don't travel. So that's sometimes a risk is that like, you know, I leave my, I, I will leave my things with people that I trust. And that's not saying like, oh, I just leave my things with my friends. But, you know, this, this was an active plan for my friend to bring me to my show later. Their issue was not their fault. They got into a, like an inconvenience. I won't say any, any more about that. But um, it wasn't their fault. And I needed to make it to the gigs. So. And so make it to the gig I did. And I was very grateful if it wasn't for um, Auntie Nicole and Sister Cherry who helped me with my makeup. I beat my face in 20 minutes. I oh, threw God. on those outfits and I wasn't even late for the first number. Was not even late for the first number. That's <laughs> so, a professional. And also, but that was also because too, like that was also with the help of Monique and her professional stalling. So I am grateful for the performance family bond in those in that moment because I would do that for any of them. I would do that for any of you. And I'm just glad that I, I know that there are performers and people out there, especially in New England. I feel like that is such a New England um, significance that I hold so dear to my heart is that we are a collective and we look out for each other. And that was like the epitome of that for me. So we have come to the conclusion of this episode. Arabella, where can we find you online and where are you going to be? You can find me online at... Uh, and Instagram, my handle is at Arabella underscore the goddess. That is A-R-A-B-E-L-L-A underscore the goddess, one word. You can find me on Facebook and that's Arabella Ladesi, capital L-A, capital D-E-S-S-E. 
Um, and I am going to be all over, but I think about when is when does the show air? Uh, I'm going to put it out next week, next Thursday. Uh, well, Thursdays, you can find me at Club Cafe and you can find me in like Chunkies <laughs> because we do show that Chunkies now and Chunky. you can find me in Ogunquit. Yes, you can find me in Ogunquit on Fridays, uh, Main Street. Um, you can find me in Ogunquit on, often on Saturdays at Jonathan's. You can find me um, Candy Bar on Sundays, um, some Saturdays. You can find me in... Uh, let's, uh, we're doing Sangria Sundays coming up in Rhode Island and Providence. Uh, I'm Just to go think. follow her socials and you'll see the long list of all the chances you have. Damn, seven have day work week. <laughs> it is, it is. You have an opportunity. All righty. And that has been Please Like Us. Uh, you can find us at Please Like Us Pod on Instagram. And for me, you can find me Reagan to be uh, determined currently at the <laughs> underscore Reagan White. <laughs> and I'm Ophelia Johnson. And you can find me at Ophelia underscore drag on Instagram. Thank you, Thank Arabella, you for your time. It's been wonderful. Uh, we'll definitely have you on again for oh sure. Oh my God. Yes. Thank this you. has been so good. This isn't this enough content such, for them. They need more. This was like such an honor. I had so much fun with you both. I, I miss you both so much. And I'm glad that our world is coming back together so that I can give you both hugs soon and then we can do shows. Yes. Yes. Make sure you follow everyone on Instagram, everybody. We're all worth it. <laughs> yeah. Please like us. <laughs> Please like <laughs> us. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Goodbye.